Sisterly Advice is sponsored by Pop Girls Ministry. Hi guys, I'm Grace. And I'm Katie. And we are Sisterly Advice. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sisterly Advice. Today we will be talking about snowflakes and how to not be one and why we should not be a snowflake. You're probably confused, but that's just adding to the suspense right now. Yes, because right <laughs> now we have a dad joke, which yeah, I yeah. will present. So, Grace. Yes, ma'am. How <laughs> <laughs> How do you stop a bowl from charging? I do not know. You cancel its credit card. How do you stop a bowl from charging? You cancel bowl. A bowl from charging cancel its credit card yeah a bowl bowl b-u-l-l oh a bowl yeah wait (laughs) how do you stop a bowl from charging oh because it charges i was thinking a bowl charging me plugged into the wall no okay let me rethink the joke (laughs) start over now i need to think of it how do you stop a bowl from charging you cancel its credit card. Oh, now I get it. So funny. Right? I was thinking like, <laughs> I was thinking like, okay, a phone charging, but it's like a bowl you eat out of. I was like, but you cancel it. <laughs> this makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> okay. So Grace, after all of that, why don't you tell everyone what it means to be a snowflake? Yeah. So let's just say I've recently had some encounters with the snowflake mentality And after some texts and convos with Katie, we decided this may make a good episode. So, for example, in my own life, I'm on this small dance team, and we have been working on a dance about rising up against childhood cancer. And due to the meaning of it, it's been a really difficult dance, which that means it comes along with extra practices and lots of correction. As someone was being corrected, the person kept giving constant rebuttals, not taking the criticism, refusing to even try, and using the word can't a few too many times, in my opinion. It took me back to when I was younger, and I kept doing something wrong in a dance. My dance teacher literally tied a hot pink piece of tulle around my leg to make me remember. (laughs) And that night, I went and I cried to my mom, saying my teacher was picking on me, but my mom told me she is only pushing you because she sees potential in you. Let's just say I never got that move wrong again. And after recalling the story, I gave everyone on my team a piece of pink tool with a tag that said, criticism is a compliment. And on the back, it said, a coach only pushes those they see potential in. Yeah, that was really good. So after introducing the inspiration behind this episode, we're going to answer the question what it means to be a snowflake. Or as Katie, you keep constantly saying as we've been planning this. A marshmallow. (laughs) Because I couldn't remember it was snowflakes, I would say marshmallow. And if any... Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. (laughs) If you recall in the movie Twilight, Jacob Black and New Moon, and New Moon, Jacob Black and Bella Swan (laughs) are on a date, and Mike Newton has a weak stomach during this really gory movie that they're watching and jacob calls him what a marshmallow (laughs) and that's the scene that runs inside my mind i love that scene so much um what does it mean to be a marshmallow we have quite (laughs) she said marshmallow again (laughs) what does it mean to be a snowflake 
We have quite a lot of snowflakes in our generation,、mm-hmm. and by that I mean the Gen Zers. We take offense easily. Oh yeah. We feel like everything is happening to us. We feel like we are entitled. However, this is just a generalization. I'm not saying that everyone is this way. There are just a lot who are. Yeah. All the time, I see on social media people complaining about their circumstances. Whether that be they spilled their coffee on the way to their car, or they have to work an extra day because their coworker has something going on, whatever the case may be, we cannot change our circumstances. We cannot rewind the past to where we never spilled our coffee or didn't put those jeans on that broke our nails. <laughs> That's so relatable. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I hate that. But we can change how we respond to our circumstances. So what if we spilled our coffee? We can always get another one. And nails, they grow back. It'll just take a bit, but it's not the end of the world. It's not our circumstances that are the problem. It's our response or、mm-hmm. our outlook on it. Even people that seem to have everything are unhappy. I'm sure we have all seen a video of a kid getting a sports car for their birthdays and complaining that it's not the right <laughs> color. Sounds like a wonderful circumstance to us, right? Because I don't know about you, but I would have a positive response to any sports car that was given to me. But these people decided to respond in negativity. Yeah, exactly. I think when we put it that way, you can probably. See the issue here. The moral of the story is that a snowflake is someone who sees themselves as the victim in a world that revolves around them. This might look like taking everything personal, getting offended easily, complaining about being asked to do something for someone, thinking everyone is out to get them or picking on them, complaining when a slight wrench is thrown in their plans, saying "I can't" before even trying, blaming their circumstances for their behavior. Mm-hmm. A lot of this. This is the snowflake mentality we're talking about in this episode. So, then we hear that and we're like, "What is the obvious issue with this mentality?" And then, what would be the benefits of not having it?、Mm-hmm. So, the first thing that came to my mind, though, was, "Let's be real. You can't grow when you don't realize growth is needed." This means we can only become better versions of ourselves when we realize that there are things we need to fix. Snowflakes often can't be corrected without taking it so personally, but being corrected helps you to know what you can work on. Like, let's say the basketball coach saw a player shoot the ball incorrectly, they would not say, "Well, that wasn't quite right, but it was really creative." So you do you, girly. No, no, they would not say that. They would correct their player, even if it causes hurt feelings for a second, because it's gonna make the player better.、Mm-hmm. And some of you may be thinking, "Well, my coach isn't like that. They're not that nice. They're really mean, and they yell at me in front of everyone at what I'm doing wrong. So what? We can't change how that coach decides to give criticism. But whether that criticism is given in a healthy or an unhealthy way, it's still criticism." We can change how we respond. Instead of getting frustrated or emotional at the criticism, we can tough it out and take that criticism. Exactly, because if we want to get better at anything, we should be seeking out constructive criticism. Actually, ask your ELA teacher how to improve your writing. Ask your boss how you could be working more efficiently. Ask your coach what you could be working on. Ask your boyfriend how you could be a better girlfriend. Ask your parents and your friends how you can make them feel more loved. With each critique, we become a better student, a better athlete, a better daughter, friend, sister, niece, a better person in general. Honestly,、mm-hmm. yes.、Yeah, so, kind of rephrasing what Grace said in the beginning, saying no to criticism is saying no to growth. Yeah, criticism is what makes us better. It's how we improve. 
I remember one night dance class had just ended and my mom and I were on our way back to the car. My mom started telling me that I should work on getting my toes pointed, and my legs straight, and I got pretty worked up about it because I was thinking that my mom thinks I'm doing bad and that I'm not a good dancer, but she proceeded to tell me that I'm not telling you this because you're bad and I want to make you feel bad and tell you how awful you mm-hmm. are. I'm telling you this to make you better. And just like that, from that moment on, I would always ask my mom how I can do better. How can I improve? What did I do wrong? Even more recently, I had mowed the lawn one summer, and this is when I was still new to mowing, so my mom went to see how I did. She said it did a good job. I did all right, and I said, good, just good, not great. How can I make it great? Like, in what ways would this be better? Such a Katie mentality, and I love it. (laughs) And just that inquiry, to learn how can I improve myself? How can I be more successful? How can I grow? There are some people that hate criticism. Yeah. They don't want to change and they don't want to grow. They might say that they are stuck in their ways or that they are who they are, but the Hebrew culture says, I'm not yet who I will be. I love that. We never want to be stuck in our ways. I mean, unless it's something really good, like cleaning your room (laughs) or something like that. But some people get defensive when they hear criticism. Maybe they had a bad past with it. Maybe they fear criticism because their parents were always tough when it came to criticism. Or maybe it's because it simply is different and they fear that they won't be able to do this new thing well. Like in Grace's example, the girl wasn't wanting to change the style or the way she was doing the dance steps. Maybe she's not accepting the criticism because she knows she can't dance as well doing the steps that way. Maybe that's not her style and this is out of her comfort zone and these new things intimidate her and she puts up a front of stubbornness in her mm-hmm. ways. But we need to move past these fears and learn to view criticism not as something that tears us down but makes us better. And that's the thing, like, you implement a correction, you're not going to be good at it at first and that's okay. You keep doing it, you keep trying. Instead of saying I can't, do it again and again and again and go home and practice until you get it. And we're not saying, obviously, that criticism is comfortable. It's not. Like, I'm the person who does like to get defensive. And I think, one, that's a little bit of a pride issue in myself. But no one likes to hear what they're doing wrong or how they could be doing better. So, no, we're not saying it's easy. But we're saying it's important because it allows us to grow. It allows us to be better like Katie said, it's not that I am who I am, but I'm not yet who I will be. You know, we could be so much better. Why would you not want that? Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you, take the responsibility. Don't blame others. Don't blame your circumstances. Realize the issue and fix it. So next time someone says something you could change, I challenge you to simply say, yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, thank you and make the change without another word. No pointing fingers and no complaining. Yeah. I want to mention something real quick. Oh, yeah. Um, In dance, there have been moments when I did not want to change the style Mm -hmm. of what I was doing because I'm not... I struggle with this, too. It was just this past summer, and I will say I'm good at dancing in a certain style, in a certain type of dance, However, there's this other group of people at the studio that are really good at dancing this way, and that's the type of dance that I had to do, and it was really, really difficult for me because I wasn't going to be, quote-unquote, 
the best. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be as good as them because that's their thing. And it really kind of hit me because over the years of dancing as long as I have, I lead a lot of the dances. I am the person that goes over the choreography because mm-hmm. everyone needs to learn it from me. And so I'm used to being the person that people watch to look at the steps. And I wasn't that person in, when we did this style of dance because yeah. I wasn't, quote unquote, the best at it. And it took a minute for me to smack myself in the head and say, <laughs> Katie, you need to do this. You can't hold yourself back because you're not going to be as good at it than this other thing. And just because I won't be very good at it doesn't mean I shouldn't try it. Yeah. So. And there's so much that goes in that with the fact that one, now you know more how to do that style yes. of dance so you could use it in the future. Two, it's a team. So it there is this sometimes having to let go of this is what I want to do. This is the play I want to make. This is the way I want to do it. This is the kind of jump I think we should do. Things like that and letting Mm -hmm. that go for what's best for the team. And it's not easy, but we have to realize sometimes like just get over yourself. And it's so hard because I am the one. I am the one who is opinionated. I'm the one that's like, this is the time we're going to arrive. This is what we're going to wear. This is what we're going to do. And don't argue with me. And so it's this letting it down to allow yourself to be pushed. Like you don't always have to be in control and be the best and the leader of every situation. Because when we're the one that needs the pushing, we can also grow there. Not saying that we mm-hmm. can't grow in a leadership role, because we definitely can. Because the more you lead, the better you'll get at it. Yeah. But it also helps to learn from people, too, you know? Because you can't pour from an empty cup. Like, you can't disciple people if someone isn't discipling you. Yeah. My mom and I were just talking about this just the other night. But if you're the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. then you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You can't learn anything if you're the smartest person in the room. I can say that whenever I was in the room of dancers, we could all dance. But I wasn't the smartest when it came to this type of dancing. However, because of that, I can grow from there. Mm -hmm. I can grow in this way. Exactly. And this idea of growth is such a biblical idea. And so, I mean, I wanted to like pull in that more And I was just looking into Hebrews 12, and there's so much goodness about this very subject in there. Let me read it to you. So in this passage, it says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. 
Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. I love that it literally acknowledges the fact that it's going to be painful. But you can also get so much from it. Righteousness and peace. And it's because the Father loves us. I mean, it's not just in Hebrews 12. Listen to what King Solomon had to say in Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. He really just dropped the mic there. Like, go off, King Solomon. You tell him, dude. (laughs) And then again, you know, he's on a roll. So Proverbs 3.11 through 12 says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Yes, and with this verse, my parents would always tell me when I'd get in trouble or get a spanking when I was little, it wasn't because they didn't love me, but because they did. Mm -hmm. If my parents did not love me, then they would just let me go off and do whatever I want and I'd get away with anything. But that's not good because that's not preparing myself for the real world Mm -hmm. either. You can't do whatever you want and need to instill that when you're a young child like I was at the time or else when I'm older down the road it's going to be a lot tougher yeah and even a simple example as don't touch the hot stove exactly you're gonna get a spanking if you touch the hot stove and you get a spanking because your parents love you they don't want you to touch the hot stove because they know you'll get hurt yeah you can't see that you will when you get older but you don't see it in the moment however they do and they love you because of that they don't want you to touch that hot stove yeah. every time you hear no fix this change that don't do that, do this instead, all that criticism, all that discipline, it's to keep you from getting yourself in trouble or to keep you from getting yourself hurt. It's because they care. So clearly we have seen that reproof helps us to be better at our sports and at our schooling, but it also helps us spiritually. When we take heed to the counsel of the Bible and our spiritual mentors, we're able to draw closer to Christ. And that's the truth because sin and shame, they separate us from God. But when we listen to spiritual discipline, like for example, when a mentor says, stop being a Christian only on Sundays and living a worldly life the rest of the week, or when someone calls out your gossip, or even when a friend says, this guy seems to be pushing you away from Christ. With every single one of those things, we grow closer to Christ and can better enjoy his presence. God says no to sin, and spiritual leaders point out sin because they want what's best for you, like we said. God wants you to put away sin because he knows it is keeping you distracted from him. God says things are wrong because he knows what is best for you. His correction is from love. Your mentor or your pastor or parent is saying to stop because they know how much joy and peace you could find in Christ if you would just give up those habits, those addictions, those lies. If you would just let it go and listen to them, there could be so much peace and so much joy. We could become so much closer to Christ by just accepting the criticism. Mm -hmm. So, moral of the story, people are only pointing out what could be fixed because they see so much in you. They see potential, potential for a future, potential to find peace, potential to improve, potential to find joy, potential for a better life. So next time, don't scoff, don't complain, don't cry, don't blame someone else. Take the criticism like it's a compliment. Mm -hmm. Yes, a non-snowflaker 
isn't a victim to their circumstances. Things don't happen to them. They happen to things. Oh, yeah. If something is thrown at them, they take it in stride. They work on learning other ways on how to serve others and not themselves. They receive criticism as something that makes them better. They don't look at obstacles as a problem but an opportunity. When God gives them a challenges, they don't hope to just get out of it, but they hope to learn from it. They don't believe in, I am who I am, but I'm not yet who I will be. Preach, girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that wraps up today's episode. We have a dad joke before you leave. Oh, you know it. You know it. What vegetable is cool, but not that cool? I don't know. A radish. (laughs) I get it. Rad ish yeah i got that one great (laughs) well thank you so much for listening to today's episode don't forget we have our email sisterlyadvised2020 at gmail.com where we would love you guys to send in any funny stories you may have topic suggestions for future episodes or maybe you have something you'd like advice on we'd love to help you with that yes and also follow us on instagram at sisterlyadvice underscore podcast once again that is at sisterlyadvice underscore podcast there we post updates reminders and extra christian content we'll see you in the next one bye bye